This College is brought to you in part by Osiris Media. If you love live music, if you love music in general, and I know you do because you're listening to this right here, head on over to OsirisPod.com and find all the great shows up there uh, like Freak Flag Fine with David Crosby, uh, Dead to Me, uh, our sister podcast hosted by Casey Ray, Broke Down Pod hosted by our friend Jonathan Hart. Find all that and more at OsirisPod.com, who are partnered with Jambase to bring you not just podcasts and videos, but live events as well. Osiris Media, killing it on the regular. Now let's get on with the show. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. Welcome back to the News Glovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting audio adventure with us here on Discologist, coming to you live from a tiny shack just outside Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a very sanitized tiny shack. I hope you're Tiny Shack, or whatever the equivalent is, is as sanitized as ours out there. I uh, hope everybody's doing good. I hope everybody's doing things to sort of keep busy, listening to music. So we're going to do something that we haven't uh, done in a long time. Let's have a little bit of a group chat here. And, and we're also going to be uh, doing something that we haven't done in a real long time. In fact, uh, Michael and Philip, I don't think you guys were anywhere near this this whole thing uh, when we last did this. We used to do uh, these podcasts, uh, this show, uh, like four albums per show, if you believe that. Wow. And we used to go over to Andre's house, and we used to actually sit down and basically drink all the beer that was in Roslyn <laughs> and, and have to go into work. And we would do like four four albums at once, and it was, it was fucking wild, honestly. Uh, but uh, we quickly realized, uh, for the sake of our livers mostly, that that is not the right way to do this. So what we're doing today, though, is getting into a uh, – you know, over the past few months – we only do an album, uh, a show, and we miss a lot, uh, especially since like Wes and I have been going down a little jazz hole right now. And, and so there's a lot going on, and we want to shine a light on a lot of that. So, like I said, Mr. Michael Zwern, uh, welcome back. Mr. Philip Bassnight, welcome back. Uh, Michael, why don't you hit us with what you've been listening to here? I wanted to talk about a woman who I've been following for about six or seven years named Mackenzie Scott, who records under the name Torres. I first saw her in 2013. Uh, she was solo then, opening for Ockerville River. I've seen her with a band. I've seen her solo, acoustic and electric. She's got a fascinating story. Uh, she was adopted at birth. She was raised in a very loving but very religious, very conservative home in Macon, Georgia. And after attending college in Nashville, she launched her songwriting career with the name Torres. And a lot of her early music talked about her being a restless, young, queer woman from the South. And she was uh, on 4 AD for one very unsuccessful record, and then they dropped her unceremoniously. Uh, and she uh, got stuck, I think, in uh, Europe at the height of the coronavirus outbreak and had to desperately ask her fans to uh, fund her return to America so she could get back to the United States before all the flights shut down, which got her a degree of press as people were covering this little story online. 
And so Torres' first records were very dominated by guitar. They were kind of raw, scorched, electric and acoustic guitar with her singing. And then she swung a little bit more toward keyboard and synthesizer. And on her new record, Silver Tongue, she's, she's producing it herself. She is a mix of both keyboard and guitar-based songwriting. And this is very much a record about her relationship with her partner and her, um, her challenges in that relationship and her ability and willingness to sort of overcome her restlessness and make a commitment to someone. And all of her earlier records, I always thought was interesting. They always feature her uh, looking headlong into the camera, looking into the view of the audience. This one, she's with uh, an artist. Her, her partner's an artist named Jenny Gribben. She paints her in the cover art holding a, uh, a small bouquet of flowers with a UFO hovering behind her background and uh, over her shoulder. And it's kind of this both welcoming and somewhat disturbing kind of visage where she's both uh, beckoning you all at the same time. It seems like there's a lot of uh, ominous overtones. And this is sort of a mix of uh, sort of acoustic guitar, electric guitar, and then these thudding keyboards on some of the songs. The track I wanted to talk about is maybe the most simple acoustic song. It's called Gracious Day. It's mostly about a love song to her partner. And it's about the desire to make a commitment to someone while acknowledging that you've faced problems in the relationship, you've been torn, either you or the, or the partner has, has uh, either strayed or thought about leaving it. And it's not sappy, it's a bit desperate, it's a bit haggard, it's very Southern. I think the lyrics and her tonality is very Southern, the way she approaches her songwriting. But um, I first heard it as a Bandcamp Patreon kind of single where it was preceded with the sound of a little voicemail between her and her partner. And on the version on the record on um, the new album, it's a little more polished, but it still get that sense that she's trying to make a commitment to someone. She's trying to reconcile past obstacles in the relationship. And then it opens with, I don't want you going home anymore. I want you coming home. She wants to make a commitment to be with the person she loves. And I like how this whole record and how Tora's whole persona is this set of contradictions, very Southern, uh, rooted in sort of a, a lot of language that's driven by the Southern Christianity in which she grew up, and then living this life in Brooklyn with her, her female partner. And I just liked how it reconciles some of those contradictions in her life. And uh, there's also some powerful visual imagery in some of her, her, her videos, which I've enjoyed. And I think her visual imagery is sort of, uh, sort of complemented by the fact that she's in a relationship with an artist who paints her on the cover of this record. Yeah, well, I, I'm excited to hear this because uh, she is an artist that I have enjoyed. This I haven't heard yet um, because I've been busy listening to like bad music or something. I don't know. <laughs> but here's a little bit of Gracious Day from uh, Taurus's new album, Silver Tongue. I don't want you going home You cried, said love songs, 
are not the songs that you inspire But when I look far down to the end It's you that I see by my side And if you stayed to find out I'd write you only love songs I'd sing you only love songs Like gracious day you moved in like a wave of quiet grace no surprise honey i'm gonna love you all my life i don't want you going home anymore that's beautiful i don't uh know of her work and i'm certainly going to dive in from what i've heard and from your uh compelling little recap she's had quite a year yeah uh, to say the least she's had she's had quite a year and and this is the quietest most sort of simple song structurally on this record but i really like the fact that she's moving uh she kind of i think went a little too far toward the keyboard on our last record this record has both electric and acoustic guitar and keyboard and it's her first self-produced record so i think she gets to decide on this the sound and the tone in a way that she hadn't done before on her on her per first three and she's been very prolific she's got three records in the last now the forward records in six years so she's been putting out a lot of content yeah that's great yeah that, that's that's fantastic i will uh i'll be checking that out um philip what you got my pick is brian fallon and his first release his first release on his new record label it's called local honey and it is a nice return to form lyrically uh brian fallon was the lead singer in the gaslight anthem uh who were a favorite of mine in high school Uh, i listened to their records just all day every day and much like kind of guitaric generally i just moved away from them their sound i hadn't listened to them in a few years uh they weren't really on my radar and uh someone recommended this record um maybe on twitter or something and uh i just have been really really hooked by it um i think what works for me so well on the early records his gaslight anthem lyrics were always about you know, swinging for the fences and wild dreams and chasing crazy nights and all the things that uh, I was looking for, you know, looking for in a song when I was in high school. But now he takes those same characters and he gives them a very mundane, simple story to live out. And I just found that really beautiful and really, uh, it really struck a chord with me. Maybe it's because we're all at home all day, every day. And so these (laughs) stories about people who are just at home or maybe just leaving home uh, and they don't know when they're going to be back for a while. uh, That was enough. And he, he sort of treated his characters like that was enough. Like it didn't need to be a crazy night every night. It didn't need to be something wild uh, to be worthy of singing a song about. And so he uses... Um, you know, in the Gaslight Anthem, there were all these classic Springsteen tropes of, uh, you know, things, you know, that Bruce Springsteen has written about for years. And he always used names like Johnny and Sandy. And he's back to, <laughs> to that old, uh, you know, thing. And maybe it was that was all he knew how to write 
when he was a younger songwriter, but it seems very intentional now. And it seems like, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. This is how I got here. I'm going to keep using these things, but I'm going to tell different stories. I'm going to tell something that I'm living through right now. I'm not going to pretend to be living through more crazy party nights. Um, and it's also not sometimes when uh, the front man of a band makes a solo record, and this is his third, so it's not um, completely new territory for him, but uh, first on his own record label. And uh, it's not so quiet, such a departure that it doesn't ring true to the old things that you loved about them when they were in that band. He finds a nice mix between um, ballads and, and some up-tempo, you know, some mixes of, of uh, up-tempo rock and, and ballady type stuff. Um, and yeah, again, it's, I don't think it's, I wouldn't call it a perfect record, but I've, I've had it on heavy rotation and it's been really uh, soothing and engaging for me the last couple of weeks. So, so what's the track on this one that you want to spin? I wanted to spin Vincent because Vincent is just exactly what encapsulates this whole thing for me. It's a character named Jolene, but she doesn't like that song, <laughs> you know, and it's just, and you know, that's the opening line. And it's like, let's get, let's, we're using the same characters we've always been using, but let's talk about something, you know, new, growing up, being, being a little older the perspective right now. All right, well, let's do it. Here's Vincent from Brian Fallon's Local Honey. My name is Jolene But I hate that song was baptized in a river When I was young Jesus forgives me For all of my sins Except maybe that one When we were kids Came from South Texas Killer party scene Somehow the warning Turned to a need Had a decent boyfriend Until he got mean Hit me so hard The room used to spin So Say that you love me For we both End up in hell I'm not asking for your forgiveness I couldn't run if I wanted to now Say that you miss me Tell me sweet, sweet little lies Humor me, Vincent After tonight, won't be home for a while Yeah, man, that, that's a that's a beautiful song. That is, you know, and you were talking earlier about music that, uh, you know, or him specifically sort of slowing down and where every song doesn't have to be about the uh, the endless nights, uh, if you want to take it. Because he's in with, like, Craig Finn and all that, the whole steady. They're all lumped in with this Acolytes of Springsteen stuff. And I, I think, you know, that, that song on this album is going to resonate a lot more now because – it's something we maybe forgot how to be like, you know, in, in all this like buzzwords and mindfulness and, and, you know, your meditation and stuff and stuff. I, I don't know that people 
people have gotten really far away from that, yeah, and now and now there's nowhere to hide from it. <laughs> so, yeah. and and you need stuff like this because uh, it reminds you that there is, and this is honestly the best music too. You can find the greatest bits of joys in joy in the smallest of places. Yeah, and it's important that you do. That's the other component. Like if you're just not looking for it at all, then then you might be in trouble. I think before all of this, people were afraid to sing about small things. Yeah. And this is, I, it's just well timed all around. He was ahead of the curve. It's a good observation. I think people's um, as their physical range of mobility has been constricted. If we're all staying at home and our um, you know our our literal range of our universe is shrinking to combat this terrible disease we think more about the implications of small things on how they make us feel how our emotional response to things we could have otherwise um, skipped over kind of gets amplified in a confined space so i think that's a good observation i think writing small is a skill in songwriting and now you can be more resonant um when we're all sort of surrounded by the most intimate things in our life, our cat, our kids, our dishes, our you know need to get groceries and toilet paper, small stuff that we kind of are embedded with twenty four seven now. Um, to sort of continue along that on that path, one thing that I've been uh, doing this past week, uh, last week was uh, actually really bad for me, and uh, it is unclear whether or not I had. Uh, COVID or not, uh, and that's that's irrelevant um, because what I do have is panic disorder, and and there are people out there who don't even have that that are how how just tremendously stressful a lot of this is for people, and sometimes you can find solace in music, and some people just can't listen to it at all right now. But I I I always need to, and and what I found myself drifting towards is uh, is stuff that is more meditative, stuff that is calm. Uh, you know, and that, that, that's across all media. That's just not just music, but uh, you know, even to the point where it, at one point last week it, I had to have headphones on um, to do my work just as a measure of control, so I didn't feel like stuff was spinning out. One of the things, in fact, one of the main things that I was listening to was this album "You Become the Mountain" by Jeffrey Silverstein. Uh, this is an artist from Portland, Oregon. I believe he has some roots in Baltimore as well. But uh, he's a special ed teacher, uh, and he is what you would imagine anybody from Portland, Oregon, just to be sort of out there, you know, and calming and stuff. But uh, the the album itself is actually meant to be for more meditative purposes and meant to be calming. And over the course of of about like uh, ten tracks, I think it it gets you into this like weird like meditative mind space by doing stuff very simply uh, through repetition through uh through very calming words uh you know the 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 line i think from the song is like and, and when you feel ready to seeing if you can bring the mountain into your own body so your body's sitting here in the mountain in your in your mind's eye become one like that you know that's some hippie shit but also that's actually some like good good shit to be exploring right now but he uh Enlisted a bunch of guys. Uh, there's a guy Alex Chapman from Parson Redheads, which if you don't know that band, uh, link in the show notes. But they're they're amazing. Uh, a guy named Barry Walker Jr. on pedal steel and made one of the more soothing albums I've heard. Uh, it's just a lovely adventure uh, through 
um, yourself, I guess. And so the track I want to play off of this is called Cosmic Scene. I believe is released as a signal, single. Uh, and it is – there's no words to this one. It is all instrumental. Um, so, you know, just – Hit your little breathe app on your on your Apple Watch, whatever you got to do right now, and and take a listen to uh, Jeffrey Silverstein. Here is Cosmic Scene. I think we all all just got our, our zen on there. This is a, um, you know, Philip, you were asking me during the break about uh, if he's singing or speaking this stuff, and it's a mix of both. Uh, it, it is, you know, the Become the Mountain song, um, it, it, he he is actually just speaking that, but there's stuff that is, is sort of sung spoke. Uh, but it's meant to be low-key. It's meant to be not intrusive. It's meant to complement your environment, and it succeeds. And and that's exactly like for me. That's what I need right now. Kevin, did you ever hear some of the later solo records by Daniel Lenoir, the producer? Oh yeah. Uh, so his record Belladonna and some of his other later stuff after his first couple of solo records. This is very similar in tone. It's very desert Southwest kind of mood, and sometimes they're singing, and sometimes it's just mm-hmm. a variety of stringed instruments and production, and this is very, very complementary to some of the Daniel Lenoir-produced sort of ambient guitar work. Maybe the other records aren't quite the same, but it's similar tone, similar vibe I'm getting from that come that a couple of minutes example. And that goes to the point of, of stuff being bigger 
before. Like Daniel Lanois is a big deal, but most people don't listen to his like solo albums. It's it's not something that's in a lot of people's stacks. And um, all this music is important, and especially like right now when musicians are trying to figure out what the hell to do. <laughs> um, and for me, and, and, and I'd like to get you guys' opinion on this, but for me, it is highlighting the importance of stuff like this. These little albums don't ever get traction. They, I mean, they're certainly not going to get it now, but they, they didn't in, in the society we were in ever get traction. And so what does that mean going forward? If you have time to slow down, you are forced to slow down, and you discover this, and you're like, wow, this is maybe what I wanted all along. Yeah, I think we might have the more if we're able to deal with the stress that pervades our society right now for understandable reasons, I think we might have more headspace uh, for the, something like this that builds slowly, that's, that, uh, you know, it doesn't overpower us with, um, you know, big production, big guitars, big drums, but it kind of works its way into your psyche. Yeah. Philip, has, has that, like, altered, like, how you think about writing music at all? Uh, yeah, it's been really hard to write music in the way well, yeah. that I did. <laughs> um, but what I have enjoyed is um, I've been polishing up some things that we've been working on, which is satisfying because you can sort of, you don't have to build something from scratch. So if anyone has projects that they've been working on, that may be a, you know, a good place to start. And then the other thing, uh, interestingly, has been sort of lo-fi uh, hip hop, chill hop, as they call it, uh, that I don't know, I don't know if we're ever going to release. It's more for me. Um, but I, my guess is that in the months, weeks, years to come, uh, we're going to hear a lot of slower music from people who needed to write things that reflected their environment. Um, and so, you know, if not now, I'm sure in the next couple months as the dust settles and, um, records are polished and tweaked and, you know, sent out to the world. You know, it's funny, this and, and um, also during break, we're talking about our friend Ab, he put out an album of it's all meditations and it's all music. And and, and for we'll post that link in the show notes definitely because if you haven't, uh, we might even re- redo that episode, but if you haven't heard Aaron Abernathy's music, and or never mind that, just heard him speak, uh, you need that in your life right now. He is, he is a shining light. And he, uh, you know, he... he made this album epilogue at the beginning of last year which is fantastic uh, and then you know he was touring he was that's his whole business and he was touring in europe you know he was all over spain and italy you know in all those places and so that's gone now uh for his foreseeable future but you know in his downtime he just had been working on himself and just released an album of all just meditations and a lot of it is based in his faith, but a lot of it is you don't have to like believe in his faith. You can just like be understand the message that he is is trying to deliver. And I, and I think more people doing that reveals the the purpose of why we do it to begin with. Like he, Broke Royals does it like to connect with people and to give them a good night. Yeah, it's it's been uh, where we've decided for personal and uh, other reasons that we. Are all going to social distance apart, and so we're not able to play. Yeah. And that camaraderie has been a real absence. So um, you know, it's also gives you a reality check on how much how important things are to you, um, even if you don't 
think about it every time we get together for band practice. That might not be something that's vocalized, <laughs> but uh, it is something that I think we'll all think about now going forward. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so that's a few of the uh, records that we have been uh, listening to. I think we're going to do this more. Uh, this does feel a little bit more like the basement. <laughs> Just sort of hanging out, spinning songs, which is something that's been missing. And, uh, you know, if you are, if, if you have something that you, you think that the world needs to hear, uh, email us with it, like a song like that, but also like, just, just to let us know, like what you're listening to, to get by what you're doing. Everything is, uh, everything is valued. Everything is permitted at this point, I think. And, uh, and what is most important is that you take care of yourself. Uh, so, uh, with that being said, that is it for this episode of Discologist. Um, follow us on the socials, but like I said, you know, fuck all that. Just take care of yourself, man. <laughs> um, we, we're going to be back. In a few short days, Wes Covey was supposed to hop in here. He did not, but uh, he'll be back here talking about Irreversible Entanglement. Thank you guys so much for hanging out, and we will hang out soon. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, until then, be good to your ears, be better to your people. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!